2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score Nord Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome, welcome to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, Manny Hill has a list. It's been a few weeks since we have had Manny do a list. But uh, he's got his eight or nine most interesting draft prospects. We have Pro Football Focus is Sam Monson to talk a little draft at one twenty today. So lots of good stuff coming up on the show. And uh, the the first thing I want to put out there, and I should have put out a tweet by now, but we were talking about how Jimmy Butler was right about a lot of stuff, um, is what the level of concern should be now over the secondary of this team that Holton Hill has a four-game suspension. And, Courtney, I'm going to give you my quick take on Holton Hill's suspension and what it means, and then you can tell me if you think that I'm overreacting to this. He came in with one strike already because he was kicked off of Texas's football team and went undrafted and reportedly, but I think he confirmed later, tested positive for weed at the Combine. So you come in with one strike already. Now you get a, four he had a diluted game, sample right oh diluted sample which okay, right.
1: usually right. he was just thirsty
2: yeah and he needed a lot but, of water but I think he acknowledged maybe to Tom Pelissero that that mm-hmm. was an issue for him and then he gets this four game suspension to me that's strike two and well I like Holton Hills potential you cannot pencil him into anything in the future. Anything from here on out that you get from Holton Hill is gravy on top. It's found money, cherry on top, whatever one you want to use. you can't write him into the future and say, this is a guy who could start a corner for us three years from now because you don't know if there's going to be a three years from now with Holton Hill because of his recent past. And that, to me, changes the dynamic of how you look at the future Of this secondary whether you saw him as a number three or a backup or somebody who's a rotational player or even a potential starter whatever you saw him as you can't look at him the same way anymore now that he's had this suspension and is basically one strike away from not being on the team anymore
1: this is the risk that they knew they were going to take with a guy like this and obviously he was suspended for the the substance of the pd policy so we don't know exactly what what the issue was there. It has not come out. It's not public information yet. So we don't know if it's if it's another strike with marijuana or if it is a performance-enhancing drug, if it's something, you know, using to have an advantage on the field. Some guys would say that it is weed. Uh, I don't know. But, like, you know, the fact of the matter is here, they already took a flyer on a guy like Holton Hill a year ago when they brought him in here. He was a top undrafted free college free agent. Yep. Um, They knew that that that's the type of guy you take a flyer on. Right. You know, whatever your thoughts are on the marijuana issue here are kind of to the side, you know, he's a good football player and it wasn't anything uh, that they thought was too egregious, but now you have a second strike and regardless of where his ceiling is, this puts the Vikings in a huge bind for the first four games of the season where he's not able to play. And, I know we talk so much about how they have great cornerback depth. They could even part ways with somebody like Trey Waynes potentially on draft night if they they needed more draft capital and if there was a trade that would make sense at the moment. Now I don't think that's even a possibility because of the bind that this puts you in. And it's not just Holton Hill. You take a look at this position group and there's a lot going on after after this season. You take a look at the futures of Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, who's going to be a free agent, Mackenzie Alexander is going to be a free agent. There's a lot in limbo there. And, you know, in in the case of Rhodes, he's getting up there in age. Do we know if he's going to revert back to 2017 form or if he's going to continue really where he was on, on the down on the downside in 2018? And then Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Hughes is coming off of an ACL surgery. We don't know how long it's going to take for him to come back to form two. So all of a sudden, you have this group where you're like, yeah, we've got five guys, we're we're great, we're in a good position. Now there's a ton of question marks, and this just adds insult to injury, in my opinion, with Holton Hill, because you were relying on him to be able to make that jump in the first place in the second year, which is not a guaranteed thing regardless, but they did like his progression where he was going. And now you have to be without him for four games. I think it's interesting to think about in terms of what this does for their draft strategy. I don't think it does much. I think that there will be a corner taken at some point, regardless, just given who this head coach is and, and the priority he places in a secondary. But it's not a good place for them to be right now.
2: See, I think it does change it a bit because I would have said with Holton Hill, it was undrafted last year. But the way he played in year one, the potential that he has. He was like a second, third-round pick type of guy to begin with Mm -hmm. if he didn't have that risk. So if he had come in, now remember, uh, Delvin Cook had risk as well, and Delvin Cook has been, as far as we know, just fine and has fit in really well, and there have been no issues whatsoever. So then you look at Delvin Cook like, wow, you got a first-round prospect and maybe the best running back in that draft or, or top three running backs in that draft for... Uh, a second round pick Mm -hmm. as opposed to a first so just because of those character issues and and that's the, the deal that you make there, the risk versus the reward. And with Holton Hill, it would have felt like drafting a corner in the second round. I mean, the guy is six foot two. He's got great length. He's quick. He's physical and played really well. I, I looked it up on pro football focus. He allowed a 67 quarterback rating into his coverage in the limited time that he played and was able to step in for Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes whenever he was asked. So you would have felt like going forward, we'll see how Rhodes' late prime works. Then, here you have Mike Hughes, probably an outside corner, and you have Holton Hill, outside corner. Maybe you get Mackenzie Alexander to re-sign, and you're in really good shape going forward. But with Holton Hill now getting the suspension, and you know that you can't plan on him for the future because you don't know if this is going to continue to be an issue, if it's going to turn into some Josh Gordon type of thing where he's suspended and then not suspended and, and so forth going forward, You now have to make sure you come away with a cornerback, where you and I have been draft simming for a while, and we've sometimes looked at them in the third round and sometimes not. Now, every time I draft sim going forward, in the first three rounds, I'm looking at corners, not in the first, but second and third. I think you need somebody else coming, and as far as the beginning of the season goes, well, nobody better get hurt in camp because we don't know what Mike Hughes's timeline is. Remember we were told all last offseason, oh Pat Elfline will be back anytime soon, anytime soon.
1: Yes. Yeah, Week four. 4 months 4 yeah. months later. Right.
2: And then um you know, so even Latavius Murray, where sure. they said, "Oh, he'll be ready for camp in 2017," and he wasn't. And then it took 4 or 5 weeks for him to get back to full speed, and when he did, he was great, but it took a while. With Mike Hughes, it might be that same issue. Uh, for when he got hurt, it might take him a while to get back up to full speed. And
1: even when he's at full speed, it might take him a while to you know to play to where he was, where he was showing that potential last year. I mean, there's these guys backpedal; they move side to side. That's yeah. that's tough for a corner in coming off of an ACL injury. I think at any level, in any part of your career. So I mean, there's to me, there's so many question marks with this group. And yes, they do have the numbers, but can you really? I mean. Given each guy, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at kind of the depth chart of the 90 man right now. I mean, behind behind Holden Hill, who if you, if you're going to put him basically as like the fifth corner there, you've got Jalen Myrick and Craig James. My guy, Craig
2: James. Do I we? Think, do- I'm going to start calling him right now, my guy, Craig James. Okay, is that okay? That,
1: that's fine with me, but I mean, do you know if he can play?
2: No, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, he was pretty good in. in uh, Preseason. Congratulations! And, and I thought, Thank you. And I, I knew this was coming. I thought that he had a chance to make the team. He didn't, but they brought him back.
1: Yeah. And, and he was on the active roster to it, end the season too, because was. they had depth concerns. But I
2: don't look at him as any sort of sure thing that he's even going to be on the team. I just liked him a little bit in training camp, and it wouldn't go any farther than that. So now, if you're talking about, let's just say. A scenario here for the first couple of weeks of the season you either have a mike hughes that isn't up to 100 percent yet coming off of his injury or is still making progress learning how to play the position in the nfl because last year he had flashes but he also had down moments in his few games as well so you're essentially talking about a red shirt rookie season so he's got to kind of start from scratch there for actual playing time and holton hill is not there and you have Xavier Rhodes, who has this recent history of injuries, and Trey Waynes, who also had two concussions last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like You feel on on very rocky ground with the secondary, and to me, that leads to you have to bring in somebody else because at one point last year, they were playing, I think uh, J. Ron Kurse was playing corner on the outside, Marcus Sherrill's, and mm-hmm. now even your safety blanket, Marcus Sherrill's, is playing for the New Orleans Saints. So you don't even have that experienced guy who in a pinch can come in.
1: Well, I tend to think this is also going to be another test for Mike Zimmer and what he, how creative he's going to get with his defensive backs. Like, remember when we saw you know, the big nickel experiment with J. Ron Curse? You, yeah. you mentioned him. I mean... How many how many three safety sets are we going to start seeing out there? And can they even do that right now? Because they literally have three safeties. Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, and J. Ron Kearse. So that's why I thought, you know, in going back to some of my draft sims that I've done the last few weeks, that's why I'm taking a second-round safety if there's one there that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't think that that, adri- I mean, as as the Holton Hill issue is on the table right now, that doesn't fix anything. I mean, the secondary is one of the strongest groups on this team. And now there's a lot of holes that you can easily pick through.
2: So I'm doing a draft sim as we speak. Oh,
1: I, so, I, I, that's why you weren't paying attention you, to me. You, you I know, figured I, you know, I was there was something going on. Here. I was
2: listening. I can do both at once. Um, but now, all of a sudden, in the second round, after I took Noah Fant in the first, which, ooh, that'd be quite the good pick. Um, but now in the second round, here's Justin Lane mm-hmm. from Michigan State. And I did an article at our website, scorenorth.com, where I looked at the specifications for the cornerbacks who are coming out and the ones that might fit Justin Lane for Michigan state is one of those guys that is big and long and fast. He's one of the elite athletes in the draft and has a lot of similar tendencies to Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayans. But this is just the domino effect of this Holton Hill thing. But you also have, and my draft sim right now in the second round, Paris Campbell, Ebo Samuel. These guys are really good receiver prospects. If I don't draft an offensive lineman in the first round, then I have to take one in the second, and the best one there is Caleb McGarry right now in the second because there was a run on offensive linemen. This gets very, oh wait, that, very that tricky. Happens? There, oh, happens? You I, know, I think it's first time ever. Oh, man, I, ever I, could, I
1: never saw that coming. So now let's
2: see. Let's see how this goes. If I don't draft a lineman, can you imagine?
1: Well, that's my thing. If you're getting Noah Fant in the first round and then you look to the second round for an offensive lineman where do you address the corner? Well, the,
2: I mean, I just took Justin Lane because he's the best player on the board. But if you're taking a
1: tight end with your first round pick, you're not addressing the offensive line till the third round? I know! I think that Hubbard Broadcasting would blow up. Honestly, I think this building <laughs> would just spontaneously combust if you were running the draft from here on uh, April 25th.
2: You know what? Things changed. Last week you were on the top of the world with your drafts and people were naming you general manager. But this is why it's harder than you think. <laughs>
1: it's very hard when things don't when, change. When your second year corner <laughs> has an issue and gets himself suspended for it, I mean that he put them in a huge bind. And you mentioned that domino effect. I'm going to be curious to see how far this pushes back them going after an interior defensive lineman because you're thinking about things but that, that that's are That's like off
2: the table now. Isn't yeah, it?
1: that to me is I wouldn't call it a luxury pick, but that's that's a depth pick right there. That's a fourth round pick. Um, right now, if you're looking at where that you have to address cornerback uh, above that, that pushes, you know, a defensive tackle to the fourth round at minimum, in my opinion, But you still need an offensive lineman, you need a pass catcher of some sort, and you need a corner.
2: Okay, what would you think of this, though? Okay. Because like, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Because there's... It, there's just too many holes. There's too many holes to fill with three rounds. And the way I look at it is anything past the third round, that person is not starting for you. It just It's very, very Well, that's rare.
1: why you give guys a fourth-round grade, because it's inconclusive.
2: Right. You yeah. don't know. So every once in a while, you have a Stephon Diggs, who is in the fifth round and becomes a starter and good in 2015. But it usually doesn't happen. So I usually do three or four rounds on my draft sims. And we'll, we'll get to a seven-round when we get a little closer. Trust me. So I took Noah Fant, Justin Lane, the corner from Michigan State, who might as well be like a Xavier Rhodes or Trey Wayne's clone in terms of the body, tall, long, you know, all that stuff. And Connor McGovern, the interior offensive lineman from Penn State in the third round. Now, the Vikings, there is recent history with them drafting in the third round for an interior offensive lineman and having that person make an impact right away in Pat Elfline and even in the second round, it was at the very end of the second round they got Brian O'Neill. and all things considered, he played fairly well starting at right tackle last year. If this happens, I do believe Vikings fans would be upset to to an extent, to a degree, but if you're getting Noah Fant on the offensive line, then you have two tight ends, you could play a lot of two tight end sets, I think that helps you with the running and passing game, and I now see cornerback as... If you're not just drafting for this year, which we always have to remember that, like you're drafting really for the next four years, I think cornerback now becomes really important. It can't be the first round pick, but it has to be second or third. And if you're getting a guy of that caliber, I I think you'd have to be okay with it, even though people would freak the hell out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, rightfully so, because I just don't think you can hedge as much as they've done in previous years, that you're going to be able to land a Pat Elfline in the third round or land a Brian O'Neill in the second round when you have such a glaring need on the offensive line. Yes, they signed Josh Klein. Yes, they signed Dakota Dozier. Like They've got bodies right now, and they need to add more bodies, but they need more of a sure thing than camp bodies, in my opinion. And I'm doing a draft sim right now. Um, I actually need to pick my third-round pick, but... um, it's the way co- you were
2: also doing a draft sim I am, while talking you inspi- on that. You
1: inspired hmm. me, but like I'm, I'm struggling now because I'm looking at this and I decided to go. Oh, the GM is struggling? Yeah. It's a hard day. It's a hard job. This is not a job that just anybody can do. This
2: all of a sudden got to be like, okay, you get your offensive lineman, you get to that second round, you're like, i don't know anything is there a tight end still around sure is there a safety you wanted safety i'll give you a safety but now because of the suspension it's
1: well yeah uh, and no, i just had so to, much more tricky i just had to take JoJoan williams from vanderbilt in the third round that's how i address my cornerback need and that to me is is that a sure thing i don't know
2: so you got a safety
1: no i got a cornerback mm. so i mean that did
2: you though did you?
1: Maybe. What, are you saying he, you think he's more of a safety than he is a cornerback? He's exactly
2: J. Ron Kearse. He's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, and has really long arms, and is strong. But but, but runs a four six forty.
1: Could play a nickel.
2: So they, you've got they've got two big great. nickels. This is this is what we'll do. This will be their creativity. Like all big nickels. Actually, <laughs> the whole defense is big nickels. <laughs> They're all six four and two hundred ten pounds.
0: That'll be the new nickname for the defense,
2: dude. The just big nickel. The big nickel. The big nickel, and then yeah. in parentheses with an S. Well, I just,
1: Nichols. I just think that this really is going to test what Mike Zimmer does um, and how creative he gets, just with like these hybrid positions, especially with his safeties and just asking the responsibility. I mean, Harrison Smith already has a ton on his plate he can play every position back there but once they do add safe, safety depth because to me that's inevitable they've got two guys on the ro- two other guys in the roster right now what is Anthony Harris position What does his position become do we see J. Ron Curse honestly taking on more of a nickel role um because they seem to like that more than just on goal line packages yeah. which is what it started I think out he could as play a little bit in that um spot. so I just think that you know they don't have bodies back there either to really mess around with
2: you want a little conspiracy theory on cornerbacks? Yeah. And Vikings? I would love one. So uh, as we were talking just now, unprompted entirely, I take a peek at the mentions on Twitter. hmm Minnesota Vikings' main account with 1.3 million followers sends out, at Matthew Collar identifies cornerbacks the Vikings could target in the draft that have similar athletic traits to their current group. The Vikings' main account signing up on to yeah. the cornerback idea with a picture of Trayvon Mullen, who is a six foot one corner out of Clemson.
1: Sounds like that's uh, mm. some precarious timing we're mm. dealing with here. It also could have been a scheduled tweet, it but probably. it's, yeah, you know, pro- I like going like with your conspiracy theory here because I just, you know, the Holton Hill news has thrown off a lot of what they're doing. I'm not saying they're drafting a cornerback at 18, that's not happening.
2: No, I don't think but so either
1: it is going to alter their draft strategy in some form or fashion because truly if there is another undrafted college free agent like a Holton Hill and after what you went after kind of what you're dealing with this year, are you going to hedge your bets on a guy like that? I don't think so.
2: Now you snarked me on, I want to talk about this next because you snarked me a little bit on Twitter and I'm sticking with one of my life edicts. Okay. My true core beliefs in my lifetime you snarked it, but I'm staying with it despite Holton Hill's suspension. Plus, we've got a backup quarterback to talk about. We've got ourselves a backup quarterback camp battle, which, oh man.
1: Those are all, those uh, can are it be always, July now? those always pan out really well. Just to, just, just to forewarn <laughs> you. Hey,
2: the, one of the funniest things you'll ever look up is look up Taylor Heineke is leading Case Keenum in the battle for the backup quarterback 2017. It happened. There was a time where Taylor Heineke, early in camp, had been performing better than Case Keenum.
1: There was also a time that Taylor Heineke was, what, projected as the top quarterback in that class? Was he really? Wasn't that what Are I- you, Or do you mean Mitch Leidner? Mitch Leidner, yeah. sorry. I, I, get, I'm, I get my yeah. Vikings camp sorry. body quarterbacks confused. I'm sorry. Oh, man.
2: We need to, before we get to the preseason, we need to go through things that actually happened in the preseason like last year. Do you remember that stuff happened in preseason games? I bet you don't. Um, but next, we'll talk about the Vikings' new backup quarterback and my life edict that I am not backing off, even if Courtney makes fun of me. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Because the
0: Vikings are on your mind. All
2: the time!
0: Not just during the season. Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com.
2: All right, we're back here on Purple Daily. Sam Monson will join the show at 1.20, and Manny has a list of his most intriguing prospects in the draft. We'll go over those uh, at the top of the hour here. But I want to tell you, Courtney, no matter what happens with Holton Hill, you can make fun of me on Twitter. You can use your memes. You can use your GIFs or GIFs. You can even call them GIFs. I'll let you call them GIFs, even though it's wrong. No, it's not. I will always believe that you should draft the weed guy or that you should sign the undrafted weed guy. If there's a guy who was thrown off his team or a guy who fails a drug test for a diluted sample or whatever the hell it might be at the combine, and he's going to sink in the draft because of it, because he's got a little bit of a weed problem, then I'm taking that guy. Because even though there are some situations where it hasn't worked out, and we'll see with Holton Hill, it might turn itself around. But and,
1: and we, shoot, To be fair, we don't know if the suspension right. is yeah, we don't. PEDs is what it said. That's what the, right. the statement from right. the NFL. But we do know that weed was a problem.
2: But even just a suspension in general like, is a big hit to him. Mm-hmm. When you already come in with uh, a black mark on your resume, that they were drafting Australian punters and stuff like in the seventh round instead of you. <laughs> like, I mean, to go undrafted, if uh, you, you, they must really think that you're going to do something again to go undrafted when they're finding dudes in New Zealand with YouTube pages to select. Okay, uh, but anyway, I'm sticking with that forever because I think it's the best way to find bang for your buck deals if you're the team that's willing to take that risk and bring them into your culture and hope it works. And for every one that does, that you get Janoris Jenkins or Randy Moss later than you were supposed to or Tyron Matthew as a fourth-round pick and he's a superstar, like
1: there will be... There for, will be for, Reuben Foster's yep. of the world, Absol- and we understand that.
2: Well, I mean, that's a different one. That's not the, no, he so,
1: had a di- but, he had a diluted so, sample at the combine, and yes, there's but, other baggage there. Were there other but, problems, but with there was him. also a drug problem, which you just don't know how this thing's going to pan out. I didn't say
2: always draft the overly violent in society guy
1: what he what he, the fe- guy. what he fell for in the outgoing uh 49ers trading back into the first round to get him was that diluted sample at didn't the he also get in a
2: fight with someone at the combine he was
1: aggressive to one of the nurses I believe was the uh was the story that came out of Indianapolis but it was for a diluted sample he didn't want to talk about the diluted sample at least Holton Hill did oh. I, I have to give him credit for what you were saying at the top of the hour, I mean, he yeah. was very honest and transparent that he wanted to get help. He it's, he talked to NFL network about it. Our members probably around rookie minicamp last year. Um, he met, he admitted it was an issue. It was an issue at Texas. It was something he had struggled with and he was trying to get help for it. But this just raises more concern that, I mean, he wasn't even drafted. This was, this is a, a steal for them getting the top UDFA of this 2018 class. But I still think that there's a lot of risk there. Not saying you don't take those guys, but you do realize that with the risk could potentially throw off your entire draft strategy, which is not something that I think you want to hedge your bets on. And and this
2: is the key part of the point about how Holton Hill suspension impacts the draft, because, uh, you know, a couple people on Twitter come in with, look, I mean, they've got their starters still in place right now for 2019. That's true. But you don't draft in the second, third, and fourth round for 2019. If you do, you're going to be in trouble a lot of times if you're asking those guys to be starters right away. You're usually drafting for the future. And now if a guy has two strikes on his record already, he can't be put into the rock-solid future plan. Like guys we know are rock-solid parts of the future plan. Mike Hughes, for sure. Anthony Barr. Daniil Hunter. Can I tell you something real quick? This might blow your mind. Got your coffee set down or water, whatever you have there. Daniel Hunter is younger than Stephen Weatherly.
1: It's twenty three. It's a baby. Twenty four. 24. But did you know
2: that? Yeah, like, I ran into that yesterday, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He's younger than Stephen Weatherly.
1: And imagine so, when he's going to sign his next contract, he's going to still be in the prime of his career. It's pretty crazy. nuts to think
2: about. But when you go through, who are my core players for 2020, for 2021? This is how you have to do it past the first round. First round, you could be like, we need a guard. Let's draft one and play him at guard. Beyond that, you don't know. A lot of times they have to develop or they don't become anything at all. And if you were putting... Holton Hill, as part of that, we have these young guys we're going forward with. Now, that's got a huge question mark over it, and that's where it changes it in my mind.
1: I just think that if you, in, we've talked about this before, like remember last offseason when everything looked fine and dandy, they were, you know, re-signing Eric Kendricks, they were giving Daniil Hunter his big extension, and, and Stefan Diggs the same thing, and you this is before we saw the first season with Kirk Cousins, but we're looking at wow, this team is set through 2020, 2021 with most of these guys, and then last season played out, and then this off season played out, and you just start plucking pieces off of that succession plan of um, how this thing's going to pan out the next few years. I think you have it's kind of scary when you take a look, you know, you peel back the layers there to realize, okay. They have no depth on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, they're in trouble too, especially with this cornerback group. So I think that you, with a guy like Holton Hill, it's hard. And Anybody who's had kind of these off-field concerns that whether it was weed or whether it was something else it keeps popping up now and he's facing a suspension, I don't think you can account for him for the long-term plan yeah. at all. And that really does alter maybe not your first-round pick. But that alters probably what you're going to do second through fourth round. And that's not a good place to put your franchise in. And and it's the front office who took a risk on this guy and wanted to take a flyer on somebody who had an issue like this before. Are you as apt to do it again? Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Every year. Every single year, I I will take the guy that has some sort of problem that is dropping in the draft for some reason. And one out of five will probably work out. But that one might be a superstar player.
1: So that's what you think the Dolphins got with Laramie Donzel?
2: No, I'm saying that one out of five. So you could probably name a bunch of guys that didn't work out for a lot of different reasons. And I would say you're right. But uh, I agree with the person who tweeted me and said, Holton Hill is already a huge success. How many undrafted free agents at all were quality fill-in players? In the NFL in general, who are rookies.
1: I agree. Like,
2: very few. You got him for nothing, except for money, which they had money. So, like, I mean, it's a big success. How many undrafted free agents did they bring in last year? 20? A bunch of receivers who couldn't play, and... They found this guy, the weed guy, who gives you important play. Now, they didn't make the playoffs, but on the fourth best defense in the league, he held down the cornerback position.
1: He had to go against Drew Brees, Tom Brady as a rookie. There's I mean, the, that's impressive. Right,
2: there's the potential that you bring somebody in to play that situation. The wheels go off, and you get killed, and you know that guy just is awful. But because Holton Hill was more talented, you got someone for almost nothing, no draft capital at all, who gave you... Quality play in one season, like that's worth it, because ninety nine point nine percent of the undrafted free agents give you nothing at all.
1: And I do think that this is a, regardless of whether you're in win now, I still think this is a year to year league, and it has you have to view it through that microscope. It also, at the same time, looking towards the future. So I yep. I understand why you'd take a flyer on a guy like Holton Hill if you think. I mean, he was projected what anywhere from like the third to like the. F- fifth round There were some
2: people who were even saying early on because he is a... Like a second round pick? Yeah, second round pick because he's a unique size and and speed and strength and all that. Um, The issue I keep running into now is if we agree that a corner has to go probably round two or three, four at the farthest, but then you're not really sure. If it's two or three, if you get to the first round, this is the issue that I ran into and Noah Fant is there or TJ Hawkinson somehow is there, I don't think he will be. Somebody who's really sexy. I mean, Ed Oliver, let's just say. Sure. Someone always drops. Derwin James dropped last year, and I couldn't believe it. Someone's always there.
1: And there's so many defensive linemen in this group that you bound to think not five are going to get taken in the top ten.
2: I mean, then you get to a situation where you're like, I don't know. Like, this guy is really, really good, and he's the best player on our board, but we need the linemen, but maybe there won't be a run-on lineman this time because everyone got them last year. You like,
0: got to say that in the in the Tony Romo voice too, Kyle. You're going to be like, oh, I don't know. That well, might, yeah. yeah. might be pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it is going to be a really tricky situation for them if they don't draft that lineman in the first round because maybe you know Dillard goes higher than you think or maybe um, Jonah Williams or Cody Ford goes higher than you think. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that lineman isn't that great. And it's just the predicament that they've sort of gotten themselves into with a lack of depth here now on both sides of the ball is it, it's hard to fill all the spots that you need to fill. They might as well just take the best players they can. But if they don't take a lineman in that first round, people are going to freak out.
1: Yeah, and I think rightfully so. I think that that still has to be, that cannot alter what you do with the first round pick at all.
2: Got to take that line. You got
1: to take a lineman, but... But
2: I didn't in my draft sims I've Well,
1: I've taken tight ends in my draft (laughs) sims in the first round, and I do think that that's also a huge need, despite what Mike Zimmer said, that he doesn't believe that Kirk really needs more weapons. Um, I don't understand that, but it's tricky. It's a really tricky situation that they're in right now, and I just think that it's the worst timing for this to happen. It's not like you're going to go get a corner off the street in, in the whatever wave we are of free agency... That's probably not going to happen. So I think if you don't add somebody by you know you know a post somebody for camp after you know post June first in in terms of what that does to your salary cap, um, I don't know that you're going to necessarily get one before April 27th. And that that to me I'm saying April 27th because that's the third day of the draft. So I would I would caution people to think that it's going to happen really high up, but it could.
2: So the uh, Vikings have a backup quarterback now. Sean Mannion, who has played almost none at all over his four years in the NFL and um, is tall. That's my scouting report on Sean Mannion, everyone. (laughs) I mean, what do we know about Sean Mannion? Someone uh, who has interviewed him before said that he's a good interview. So I'm excited about that. You love
1: backup quarterbacks and you love good interviews that come from backup quarterbacks because they do know the game really well and they're great at explaining it.
2: It's an extreme journeyman quarterback bias on my part Mm -hmm. but they often do become like assistant coaches and assistant quarterback coaches for the starter a lot of times so you have to get somebody that's really smart and experienced and Sean Mannion has been with the Rams Uh, that means probably zone system lots of play action and rollout so he'll be familiar with what Kirk Cousins is going to do with this offense so you have to weigh the how smart is this guy? How much can he help Kirk Cousins? How much can he help with the scout team? All those sorts of things that they bring. But then, like, if Kirk Cousins goes down, can the guy play? And that's where my biggest question would be, he has almost no experience actually playing in games, and when he does, it's not very good. So, is he in a competition with Kyle Sloter? Will they roll with these three quarterbacks? I'm not sure. I, I would guess that they probably roll with three quarterbacks, and Kyle Sloter will have a chance to beat out Sean Mannion in the preseason. But I think that even signing Sean Mannion kind of shows you that they
1: view Sloter as a developmental type guy. How much longer is he going to be a developmental prospect, though? Yeah, going into his question. third season, is it's kind of like when are you going to cut bait? I think, honestly, from everything I've heard, Rick Rick Spielman really likes this guy, and he's been you know he's been stubborn to a degree on guys that. He wants to hold on to. He wants to be right about certain prospects. Kyle Sloter being one of them. They brought him in before, you know, they brought him in to be on the practice squad. They were able to get him from Denver, and then they elevated him to the active roster once Sam Bradford went down. It was a good contingency plan. I tend to think that Kyle Sloter, the reason they've kept him around so long, is because of that. But also, he probably has as good of a chance, truly, as Sean Mannion to win this backup job. We don't. Just because the guys play had one start and nine other appearances, and, and all we know of Kyle Sloter is that he was decent. I'll, I'm not going to put great. I'll say decent to good in the preseason. I agree with that. Who is he playing against? It's the third and fourth preseason games. It doesn't doesn't take that take that for what it's worth. So, I think that they're in a very tough spot here. If there's any franchise out there that knows the importance of good depth at quarterback, it's this team. You're not going to necessarily find your next Case Keenum in either of these guys. But they didn't really know what they had in Case Keenum either. I mean, I I think that's fair. You have to play devil's advocate here. I mean, yeah, he panned out really well, and and they signed him to a one-year deal. But this doesn't give me the same type of security as finding a guy like Trevor Simeon does.
2: Not at all. No, no, it doesn't. And Simeon was their first choice to bring back. And he decided to go to New York, which I still put under the category of things that make me go, hmm, That's interesting. He decided to take basically the same money to go somewhere else where he didn't live before and work with someone else in his quarterback room. Anyway, uh, as far as getting somebody who you could count on to be that 500 quarterback, if your guy goes down for six games, they don't have it. That's always the thing that you want is a backup. And I thought Brock Osweiler might be on their radar for this reason. I guess he still could be. But like somebody who could come in and go three and three. Mm -hmm. That's what you're really looking for. Case Keenum was that guy. He was somebody who had had enough ups with Houston to think, okay, well, if we've got to play him for a few games, if Sam Bradford's knee flares up a little and not for like 15 weeks of flaring up, um, but if, if he has to miss four games, Case Keenum can go two and two. That's what you were signing him for. Because the Vikings felt they made a mistake in having Sean Hill continue to be Teddy Bridgewater's backup because Sean Hill couldn't play four games. <laughs> it, just, it just couldn't happen. <laughs> like, he could play one, but then he had to sit out the next day's practice with arm soreness. <laughs> so it was like...
1: Well, he was like 38 years old. Yeah, right. He's here. just like, this guy
2: can't take over. So they knew that Case Keenum could. They never expected that he'd go 11-3 and three as a starter or... Yeah, I mean, the Chicago game, he won too. So basically, yeah. like 12 and three, they never would have expected that. But with Sean Mannion, you have no idea.
1: You have no expectations for any of the, this group. And I think the only thing that gives you any sense of solace is the fact that Kirk has started 64 straight games. Yeah. That durability factor is important. But if the offensive line is anywhere in the form of it was as it was last year and he gets hit as many times as he does, can you really count on that? I don't think so. And so that, to me, is a little scary because you just don't know. It's a gigantic question mark. And yeah, backup quarterback battles are always fun to cover in camp. This one's actually going to be very important. Yeah, it will be. Despite the fact that Trevor Simeon never got into a game last year, and we never had to see what that situation would have panned out to be had Kirk gotten hurt, you just don't know. And I just don't think that's something, given their experience with what happened with, with Teddy Bridgewater and what happened with Sam Bradford, you just don't want to risk that. And right now, it seems like they kind of are risking that. I think so, too.
2: Uh, If you want to get in a phone call on the cornerback or backup quarterback situation, 651-646-8255 is the phone number. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Um, The XFL is still going to be a go, which I'm a little surprised by. I mean, the way that the AAF just went to F so quickly. (laughs) um, Thank you for laughing at that. I I wondered if the XFL would be like, we're going to back off a little bit. No, they're full steam ahead. So we're going to talk about that. And also, um, I want to ask your opinion on Johnny Manziel with a slight tweak to his name. And then Manny's going to give us his most interesting prospects. We're going to talk to Sam Monson. A lot still coming up on the show. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Drink the Purple Punch.
0: It burns your insides and it makes your eyes water. Purple Daily on Score North, scorenorth.com. Compete against Score North personalities and win great prizes courtesy of Craigens on Gall Lake, Parway Golf, and Chill Boys with Majors Fantasy Golf. Sign up right now at scorenorth.com. Keyword, golf. ...player played in the CFL and then had a little bit of time in the Alliance of American Football, but now that league has disbanded. And Johnny joins us now. Good morning, Johnny. How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm I, going- uh, I got a little update. But I actually, I actually go by John these days. So you know, I'm just kind of turning over the page and moving forward a little bit.
2: What do you think, Courtney? John Manziel, does that change anything for you? Nope, not at all.
1: It's (laughs) Not at all. It's still comeback season with a Z (laughs) and... I have to say,
2: this is the smartest life decision that Johnny Manziel, now John Manziel, has ever made. Uh, And I'll tell you why. Because when you have one of those names, we have here Danny Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And I said to Danny, there's got to be an age... Or a life event or something where you go to Dan. You just can't stick with Johnny, Danny, Bobby forever unless you have some sort of like big accomplishment. If you're Bobby Hurley and you won with Duke, like, okay, stay with Bobby, because that's like your brand. Danny Manning, stick with that, right? Uh Danny White was a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, but you're a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You're accomplished, you gotta stick with it. But if you haven't accomplished anything, you got to eventually drop it and start to sound like a grown up. And I think John Football has done a great job here.
0: Are you suggesting that I should go from Manny Hill to Emmanuel Hill? <laughs> hmm.
2: I, see, Manny. That is my birth I, name I'm, I'm not sure that Manny falls into the same category. Because it's you're not like tacking on
1: yeah because on you, your birth certificate short it name. says Emmanuel, right
0: correct yeah
1: I, I would assume mm. that Johnny Manzel's birth certificate says John John
2: or Jonathan
1: Jonathan he, something Manzel yeah.
2: and he elected to go like if our producer in the afternoon Jonathan Harrison went with Johnny Harrison and then he had a kid and a wife which he does I'd be like really Johnny Harrison like you're grown up you own a house stop it. I don't. I don't know if Manny falls into that. This is a good debate, though, yeah. because yours is a total like, like um, Richard Rich type of situation almost. Mm-hmm. Like um, people who go by Dick, who were Richard. Like you're completely changing your entire name here, and I don't know what to do with you, uh, Robert and Bob. Because it would be like if your name was Man, and then you went Manny. Then it'd be like, who the hell named their kid Man?
0: <laughs> where, where did Jim and, <laughs> and like, Where did the association of Jim and James come from? Boy, like I have, Jimmy and James. I have James. no damn clue. Mm-hmm. always wondered
1: that. Well, James is the, is the let's just say the foundational name, right? And mm-hmm. Jimmy comes off of James. But why? It's
2: a great question. Like, I understand why Johnny comes from John.
0: It's like Captain Kirk. It's like Spock would always call him Jim, but his name was actually, actually was last... James Tiberius Kirk.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you,
2: glad you know that, Manny.
1: Yeah. I don't I mean. watch Star Trek.
2: I feel like yeah. I'm just not surprised that Manny knows that. Yeah. Um, I know everything. You a big Star Trek guy? little bit okay uh so that's that's what he's doing he's naming himself now john manzel kind of like how michael vick went to mike vick and i believe pac-man jones went to, to adam. adam adam jones yeah
1: well that's because he was arrested for and, he, and that's what he was known for as pac-man jones the guy who gets arrested for having a gun at strip clubs yeah and so then he went to adam jones i don't know if he changed that much i think he still got arrested like maybe like two months ago hey did you ever
2: see the this is a little bit get, getting off the whatever topic was supposed to be here. But um, someone tried to fight Pac-Man Jones in an airport.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you see the clip of that? Yeah, yeah. I know. I I remember. It was on TMZ.
2: Yeah. He was like walking through an airport and some guy who worked at the airport picked a fight with him and Mm -hmm. started throwing punches. And Pac-Man Jones just knocked him the hell out. Just like, boom, right down. And I thought, of all the people to pick a fight with in the NFL – Pac-Man Jones would be at the top of the list to not pick a fight with them. Like, that guy has fought some people. He's got mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. I would not doubt that. That's my Pac-Man Jones like fighting tale. Can we go Berkeley back to...
0: Always says, he always says, I'm not messing with that guy. He's on the list. The list of people you don't want to fight? Yeah, pretty much. It's fair. That's fair. Can I
1: go back to does. the Menzel thing for really quick, though? If you want Just to. because it's... This you know- is
2: so far off the rails, it doesn't matter.
1: Well... You know he keeps trying to reinvent himself, and it's just at what at one point when he's a brand name, he's Johnny Football. It's what he was known for for one season at Texas A and M before winning the Heisman as a freshman. When when do we give up on this experiment? Oh, I gave up a long time ago. Well, here's the thing: because like going in before he started with the Montreal, I believe he started with the Alouettes last year. Yep. In the CFL, it was selling all of the comeback season, the number two. Basically, it was his Texas A&M jersey uh, in sweatshirt and T-shirt form. That fills it out very quickly. Then he joins, you know, then there's a the talk about him joining the AAF, which obviously now is not going to happen. Um, and that was his plan, that he was going to leave the CFL and get involved here. And now watch. His name will eventually come up in the XFL conversation too. When can we close the book on this? Because I just don't think the comeback season's ever going to pan out. And this just seems like a money ploy. Maybe I'm being skeptical about it, but he's making a ton of money still um, off an image that is going to be a decade old, not far from now. And and that, to me, just, I I just struggle with that.
2: I wrote him off the minute that Cleveland moved on from him because of Jamarcus Russell, like Jamarcus Russell tried for a comeback. I think Jamarcus Russell was even much more um, like humble about it and much less sleazy. He was working out and he was working with quarterback gurus and all, all this stuff. He had cleaned up, no more purple drank, all those sorts of things. But he got his shot at the top and he failed and will never get one ever again. And even like Ryan Leaf, I think Dallas may have given Ryan Leaf a shot after San Diego but it was short-lived. They may have played him in a a game or two, but it it was short-lived. And then he never showed up on anybody's radar ever again. If you are one of those top pick guys, you become such a a distraction unless you are Robert Griffin who just got hurt, and that was the reason it was a big problem for him. But if you're an off-field distraction and you don't commit yourself to the team and you also bring the circus with you to town – like you are the last guy that anyone wants to be your quarterback, unless you're really, really good. And how long has it been? How many years real time? Like how old were you? What were you doing the last time Johnny Manziel was good at football? Where
1: were you living? I, I saw one of his games. I was living in Mississippi, and Texas A&M came to play at Ole Miss. I got to see him play in one game as a college athlete. So the last that was time 2013,
2: Johnny Manziel was really legitimately great at football. It was
1: six six years ago now?
2: It would have been what 2014. I guess. So we were both living in different places.
1: I mean, it's, but why do we, why do we keep bringing him up? Why why do we keep talking about it? It's really
2: just him because he goes online and he markets himself and he's got the name and everything else that people have talked about for a long time. But even when he got his shot in the NFL, he wasn't good when he got on the field. So it's like, why does anyone want to bother with this nonsense? If you weren't even good, if it's going to go along with this and then the CFL like is a respectable league. It's got a lot of former NFL players or people who had a cup of coffee, former NFL coaches. Everybody knows everybody in this game. The dude got kicked out of the Canadian Football League.
1: If he had well, gone he, up there. Well, he had contract. It, it, was, it was a contractual thing. It wasn't like he did anything off the but field. Either way, but either It was shady. Like they told it was them to shady go away. as hell what he did. Right.
2: They told him to go the hell away. The yeah. CFL. If he had gone
1: up there... And he was terrible when he did play. Yes. That first game, he threw, what, he threw four interceptions in that first game?
2: If he had gone up there and pulled the Doug Flutie and just lit the league up and set every record there is to set, then people would have said, okay, maybe when you're 30, we'll give you a chance to come back. But to basically have the CFL tell you to go away... He goes to the AAF and tweets something stupid like the first day. Come on. Like nobody wants this guy in their in their building. I don't think we'll ever see him in an NFL uniform again unless some team is really insane and desperate to have yeah.
1: him. I just don't think we're going to see. I mean, I think we're going to continue to see him market himself and sports news outlets continue to placate off of that. Yep. And it's just like enough's enough at some point. You got to move on from this. Why are you giving him the same? Why are you not giving other guys the same privileges you're giving this brand name just because he's a headline maker? I I don't. And not say that he did anything wrong. I know that he's cleaned up his life. He's trying to get back into football, but at some point, the redemption story is over. And I think I think it's been dead in the water for quite some time. And also, like we're talking about now, potential.
2: He's drafted on potential. Everyone knew that he wasn't like the guy who studies the playbook a ton and it, or, or an upstanding citizen, he got suspended from his own team. Like everybody knew that it was all potential, but now you're like a grown-up dude. You're, you're
1: 26 years, 26.
2: Old. You're not, you don't have potential anymore. Uh, so why would anyone bother?
1: Um, Vikings could bring him in as a backup quarterback. Potentially. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, heck no. they're so thin right now. I hard, wouldn't rule it out. Hard
2: pass, hard pass. Sean Mannion is my guy instead. Um, The XFL is still full bore ahead. It's happening. I've told you my XFL idea. I love it. I love it to make it an HBO style reality show. Tell the stories of the people throughout the week. Show a couple of highlights from the games and the scores and the results and the locker rooms after. And then play the games on the internet. That is my idea. Don't make people. No one cares to watch through three hours of not great football. We already get enough of that in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um But they've got some ideas. You can tell me if you like any of them. Teams can choose to go for a a one-point conversion from the two-yard line, a two-point conversion from the five-yard line, or a three-point conversion from the 10-yard line. I think it's interesting.
1: I like it. And I know that some of these rules are going to get tested out, I believe, in the Spring League, which that's coming back, isn't it, soon? Or is it already being being streamed online right now? Mm, I don't know. That's where Manziel came back last year. Speaking of speaking of the question. devil, but no, I mean it's it'll be interesting to see how that gets tested out now before the league opens in 2020. But I think it's fun. I think it's a good way to kind of switch things up. I mean this is this is what this should be. This should be an experimental league where you can try wacky things, kind of like the CFL I agree. does. Like totally agree. Um, and, and the CFL is not a wacky league, but I would like to see more unconventional things like this.
2: All right, we'll take a quick break. Manny has his most intriguing prospects in the draft, a list of either eight or nine of those. And then Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus is coming up with us at one twenty. So we will be back. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save
2: at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save
1: $1 each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Ready? I'll be right there.
2: It's happening.
0: Take I 5 south. You are on the fastest route. Mom says, OMG. I'll let everyone know. You have arrived.
2: Honey, I'm, I'm right here.
1: She's doing great. We're almost there. She's
0: perfect. Hey, baby girl. The whole world can't wait to meet you. Live larger with
2: more coverage. Share your news, big and small, on AT&T, the network that now covers more
0: than 99% of Oregonians. Visit your AT&T store to learn more. Coverage isn't available everywhere based on third-party data.